for our scripture reading, which comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 12, verses 1 through 6. You will say on that day, I thank you, Lord. Though you were angry with me, your anger turned away and you comforted me. God is indeed my salvation and I will trust and won't be afraid. Yeah, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. You will draw water with joy from the springs of salvation, and you will say on that day, thank the Lord, call on God's name, proclaim God's deeds among the peoples, declare that God's name is exalted. Sing to the Lord who has done glorious things. Proclaim this throughout all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, city of Zion, because the Holy One of Israel is great among you. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. If I can invite you to be seated, please. Before I begin this morning, I want to just take a moment to touch again on Christmas Eve worship. I know I mentioned that there was a slide, and indeed it is on the back of the bulletin, uh, just to remind you all that, that we have added a service. So if you're worried about the crowds and want to attend a smaller service, I would say the 1223, 6 p.m. service is the one to attend. Like I mentioned earlier, the choir, they vanished. The choir who is out here will be up here. Um, and so they'll be sharing their gifts, and we'll be doing all the things that we do normally at the 6 p.m. service on the 24th. So we'll just we'll do uh, two of the same services. Uh, also, for those um, that are worshiping with us via the video feed, it'll be 6 p.m. on December 24th. And I want to offer, if you'd like to come pick up uh, the communion kits and then also candlelight candles, we'll have them available starting Wednesday uh, for you to pick up here at the office and then we'll have them here in the sanctuary, the Welcome Center, next Sunday. So if there's anybody that's planning on not attending, a physically attending a Christmas Eve service, but you still want to participate and receive communion and, and the candlelights, uh, we'll have those kits available starting this Wednesday. I'll ha have them next Sunday, and they'll be available in the office uh, up till Christmas Eve. And so if you'd like any other details about Christmas Eve worship, it's right here on the back of the bulletin. And then also the insert details our Christmas Eve offering. If there's anyone that won't be with us on Christmas Eve physically, but you want to make a contribution, you of course can mail a check in or you can do it electronically through our church website. I know Bill McQuaig appreciates your support of Sacramento. And I know that um, I can't tell you the, how blessed it is to be able to go and work with Parkview and to provide the things that we've done, like the Thanksgiving boxes that we did 40 of, uh, just this last month. 
So this morning we're going to be continuing our sermon series for the season of Advent as we're talking about how God is with us, knowing that in the book of Isaiah chapter 7, uh, Isaiah tells the people that uh, God is going to send one, the, the virgin is going to be with child, and the child is of God, and her, his name shall be Emmanuel, or God with us. And so over the past two Sundays, we've begun by looking at the different candles on the Advent wreath to see what they represent and how they remind us of how God is at work in our lives in different ways in the person of Jesus Christ. And so on the first Sunday of Advent, we lit the candle of hope and we read the passage of Scripture that I mentioned a minute ago from Isaiah chapter 7. And we were reminded the hope. We were reminded of the hope that God offers us through His Son, Jesus Christ. And on that Sunday, we were reminded that Advent is a season that is marked, if not by anything else, one of the things it is marked by is it is marked by hope. And then last Sunday, we talked and looked at the book of John chapter 3 as we lit a candle that reminded us of God's love. And as we read John 3, we talked about how Jesus told Nicodemus and the disciples, the depth of love that God had for them and that God had for the world in sending Jesus himself. And then Jesus continued by sharing with them and saying that I am evidence of the love of God for you. For the Son of Man came not to judge, but to bring God's love. And so we were reminded last Sunday that, Jesus, that Advent is a season marked by love. And so today we're going to talk about how Advent is a season that is marked by joy, as we're going to see how Jesus, who is God with us, bring joy, brings joy into our lives and into our world. As he reminds us of what it means for us to be joyful. And so I want to begin this morning by inviting you to think about something that you have received, maybe a Christmas gift that has brought the most joy into your life. Before you say your spouse or your child, let's think of something else. But think of something that's brought you the most joy. See, now we got a dog a few years ago, the mighty Samson. Uh, it was Christmas 2013. Uh, the girls were given a gift that were brought, has brought joy then and continues to do so. And so this is Samson. Um, he's not that nearly that small anymore. He's big. But, um, you know, we've been talking about a dog. Mindy's parents were asking about a dog. And then her uncle found a dog in Dallas, found him. He was ready to go. He was 10 weeks old. He was potty trained. And he was ready to go. And I mean, seriously... We, I don't, maybe had one accident. I mean, it was amazing. And so the girls got Samson for Christmas. Of course, that meant I got a shadow for the rest of my life or the rest of his life, but that's been okay. But he certainly brought us the greatest joy. And for the girls, the double bonus in that is Samson didn't arrive. He arrived at our house like the third weekend in October. So they still got Christmas presents from Mindy's parents because, well, they couldn't show up empty-handed. But Samson brought the greatest joy and continues to do so. And so, uh, you know, that is something that, that we can think about today when we think about what it means to see joy. It's like a newborn puppy. It's like something that, that continues to, to offer itself even after the first time and opportunity that you have received it. If you think of joy, joy is, is boundless, it's not contained, it's full of energy, it's, it's something that, that when someone experiences joy in their life, 
If it's authentic, it's usually something that the rest of us can experience for ourselves, isn't it? Because joy, friends, is something that isn't contained. And so when there's joy in your life, it's not something that that you can keep within yourself. Because it flows outward into the lives of others. When it's authentic and real, joy is something that, that others see and they want to experience for themselves, don't they? I mean, think of someone in your life that's joyful or times where, where people have had joy-filled moments or experiences. It Experiences. Is it not impossible to be around that person and not in some way share in that joy that they have? It's pretty hard not to, isn't it? Because often when someone experiences joy, it is something that is contagious and bleeds into us. It flows outward, however it is that you want to describe it. It's something that we ourselves experience, even if someone else is experiencing it themselves. It's easy to share. And so this morning we're talking about how Advent is a season marked by joy. It's not just an extension of Christmas. But what Advent does is it helps us to prepare to celebrate Christmas. As we remember how God works and as we also look forward to and as we anticipate the work of God in our lives in Jesus Christ. And so this morning I have a couple of scriptures I want to share with you and and talk about as we look at them as they relate to joy. The first we touched on last week when we read from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1. And in this passage we're going to look at joy that isn't experienced necessarily by Mary in Luke chapter 1. Instead, I want us to look at at Luke chapter 1 and see the joy that was experienced by Mary's cousin, a woman named Elizabeth, when Mary came to visit her and stay with her. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 45 says, Mary got up and hurried... When Elizabeth heard, well, no, mine has a little extra. That's okay. Mary got up and hurried to a city in, in the Judean highlands, She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. See, usually when we read uh, Luke chapter 1 and we talk of joy, what do we look at? We look at Mary, don't we? For Mary's response when Elizabeth uh, has this, this proclamation of who she is and of the joy that Elizabeth herself is experiencing, Mary's response is the Magnificat or, or song of joy that she sings. But I want to talk about Elizabeth this morning. At first, I love this graphic that I found that an artist did of the two of her, of, of her and Mary when they greeted each other, when they visited. But as we talk about Elizabeth, I want to invite you to think about how she experienced the joy in her own person when John the Baptist, the, the child in her womb that would be John the Baptist, jumped for joy when Elizabeth didn't just see Mary but heard her voice. See, friends, Elizabeth's story is just as unlikely as Mary's. She was a lot older than her cousin, some say elderly. 
She and her husband, Zechariah, had never been able to have children during their marriage. And Luke chapter 1, verse 6 tells us this of the two of them, that they were both righteous before God, blameless in their observance of all the Lord's commandments and their regulations. And see, the Lord met Zechariah in the temple, and the angel Gabriel appeared to him, telling him that he and Elizabeth would have a child who was to be sent to bring many Israelites back to the Lord their God. And Elizabeth was six months into her pregnancy when Mary arrived and appeared in her home. When her child leaped for joy and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. See, Elizabeth experienced joy. And Mary's response, because joy is contagious and because joy is easy to be shared, was joy as well. See, God was bringing joy into their lives. A joy that could not be contained. A joy that that the two of these women shared in their individual experiences. And they were able to experience joy together. Luke chapter 1 verse 57 reads of how the joy of Elizabeth was shared when she finally gave birth to her child. It says, when the time came for Elizabeth to to have her child, she gave birth to a boy. Her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they had heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. But what did her neighbors and relatives do? They shared joy. Because joy is contagious and needs to be shared. And see, even amongst the Christian community, joy was something that was to be shared. And in the letter of 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, it writes this about joy. Although you've never seen him, you love him. Even though you don't see him now, you trust him and so rejoice with a glorious joy that is too much for words. You are receiving the goal of your faith, your salvation. So what is Peter saying? He's talking about Jesus. He's saying that that although you've never seen Jesus Christ, what do you believe? You have faith in him and you love him. Even though you don't see him now, you still trust him and you rejoice with a joy that is too much for even words for you to explain. See, what Peter is trying to say is that the joy that we find in Christ Jesus, it is a joy that that is so big that you and I cannot describe it or even put it into words. The joy in Christ is more than just being happy. Joy in Christ is more than just being happy. It's more than just being a feeling. Joy in Christ is something more. Because when we receive the joy that comes from God through his son, Jesus Christ, it is something that runs in a deeper way and is something that is a more long-lasting gift that we have been given. True joy is rooted in thankfulness. And when it's rooted in thankfulness, it's more than us just feeling happy. I mean, happiness is important. Happiness is something that that we experience, hopefully most days. But happiness is often fleeting, isn't it? It's temporary. It's short-lived. But see, joy is something more. It's something that, that, that can fill our hearts. And as we experience the joy in Christ, well, then our lives are changed. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah talks about joy. In our scripture reading that we read this morning. Where it says, you will say on that day, I thank you, Lord. Though you were angry with me, your anger turned away and you comforted me. 
God indeed is my salvation. I will trust and won't be afraid. Yeah, the Lord is my strength and my shield. He has become my salvation. And here's where Isaiah talks about joy. You will draw water with joy from the strings of salvation. And you will say on that day, thank the Lord. Call on God's name. Proclaim God's needs among the peoples. Declare that God's name is exalted. Sing to the Lord who has done glorious things. Proclaim this throughout all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, city of Zion, because the Holy One of Israel is among you. So what is Isaiah saying? This is to a nation and to a people that have watched the northern kingdom get destroyed and be taken over by the Assyrians. Isaiah is talking to the people of Jerusalem and Judea as they themselves are watching the growing armies come towards them. They're experiencing hardship, they're experiencing doubt, and I'm sure they are asking of where God is in all of this. And Isaiah is promising them salvation. Isaiah is saying that even as everything happens in your life that is beyond your control, God is still your strength, God is still your shield, God is your salvation, and then he says, you will draw water. You'll draw life from the gift of salvation that God has offered you. And you'll do that with what? With joy. See, friends, I think it's so fitting that we read this scripture this morning. As we face difficulties in our own you know, nation, community, everything. But see, Isaiah says there's still a promise there is that God is still our strength and our shield, that God offers us salvation, and that we are able to draw with joy from the spring of salvation, even as everything else doesn't seem the way it's supposed to be. Because we can trust, we cannot be afraid, and we can receive the water that God offers us with joy from His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.